Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. that now we're ready to hear the word I think we're going to get better at this every week but today was a major improvement I got to tell you I got to tell you it was so much better I don't know if you can feel the presence of God in this place you can see something happens when you begin to worship when you praise something happens in the atmosphere something changes and our hearts become ready to receive what God has for us so today we're going to continue in our series praying the Psalms praying the Psalms we're going to stay in Psalm 1, first Psalm, Psalm 1. That's where we're going to be speaking from this morning. Last week we talked about blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But today we're going to speak on verse 2 where it says, but His delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. The word of the Lord is blessed. Before you sit down, turn to someone, tell them, get ready, because God is going to speak to you this morning. The psalm begins by introducing the righteous as blessed. Say with me, blessed. And the word blessed can be translated happy. Can be translated as happy. But I want to ask you a question this morning. When you determine who is blessed or who is not, who do you think of? How, How is it? That you determine who is blessed or not. How do you measure blessedness? How does a blessed person look like? Do you determine it based on achievements? Do you determine somebody being blessed based on the possessions that they have? Because I don't know about you, but I've said this before. When I've looked at somebody with a nice car, I've said, man, they're blessed. When I've looked at someone with a big house, I said, man, they're blessed. And I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. But even when I've prayed, sometimes I've asked God, God, bless me with a car or bless me with a house. Bless me with something. And I want to tell you that if bless means to have possessions or to have achievements, 
if that's what it means to be blessed, then what about all those people that live in cities where there's public transportation? If to be blessed means to have a nice car, what happens to the people that live in cities or people that don't have cars? Does that mean that they're not blessed? If to be blessed means to have a big house or a house whatsoever, to own a house, does that mean that the people that rent are not blessed? Does that mean that the people that live with relatives are not blessed? If blessed means to have something, then that excludes a lot of people. But sometimes we don't realize this. That our language speaks of blessings and of the blessed as those that have achieved something in life. Or of those that have possessed something in life. As if that's what it means to be blessed. But this raises a problem also. Because if having things means you're blessed, what happens when you lose them? Do you become not blessed? Does being blessed mean that you own your own company? You know, what happens if you're an employee and you work for somebody else for the rest of your life? Does that mean that you will never be blessed because you never own your own company? Because you'll never have your own business. Does that mean you will never be blessed? If blessing means achievements, obtaining certain achievements. If being blessed means that your company, if you own one, Makes it to be a 500 fortune company. Does that mean that if your company never grows that you'll never be blessed? If blessing means to grow, to prosper. Does that mean that if you always remain as a mom and pop shop, you're a hole in the wall that you'll never be blessed because you never grew out of that. See, and we don't realize this when we think about who is blessed. Who is really blessed? And how do we determine this? How do we consider the blessing or who is blessed? We don't, we don't really consider, we don't think about it, but a lot of times we associate being blessed or the blessing with achieving something or with obtaining something. So when we don't have it, when we don't obtain it, when we don't achieve it, and we feel like we're failures, we feel like we're not blessed. Being blessed means that you get married, you, found, you find your spouse. Does that mean that the singles are not blessed? Look around you and those that are single, you got to look at them and be like, man, you guys are in trouble, boy. You guys are not blessed like us that are married, man. We are blessed, you know what I'm saying? That's the blessing of God. I have a friend of mine, a friend of mine that when we go to the mall or we go somewhere and we park, I always find, not always, most of the time I find a close parking. I find a close parking. And I find it, you know why I find it? Because I'm patient. Because I'll go around a few times so I can find it. But I have a friend that every time he goes with me and I find a close parking, he's like, man, you're favored. Man, you got the blessing of God. Does that mean that if you don't find a close parking, you're not blessed? 
Because I don't find a close partner all the time. It just so happens that every time he's with me, I do find one. And he's like, man, you're blessed. I'm jealous. If being blessed means finding a good parking spot, and man, most of us don't qualify for being blessed. And I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here today, but you see, the truth is that someone can achieve a high position in a career. Someone can obtain many monetary things in life. They can achieve certain things in life, not because necessarily they're blessed by God or the favor of God is upon them, but because maybe they cheated their way there. And I'm not talking about everybody here this morning. But you see, we got to be careful about this because I believe that the psalmist starts by saying, blessed is the man who does not, and then he says three things that we spoke about last week. Does not think evil, does not do evil, does not speak because a lot of times, a lot of times, we'll look at people who are blessed, supposedly, quote, unquote, by looking at what they possess and looking at what they have achieved. And we'll say they're blessed. But when we find out a little more about them, we find out they're cheaters, they're stealers. And they've cut corners and stepped over people in order to get where they're at. And if that's what it means to be blessed, I got to tell you something here this morning. I don't want that blessing. And you have to know that there is a difference between being blessed and being successful. It's not the same thing. And that's not what it's talking about here. But I came to tell somebody here today, if you are a believer, do I have any believers here today, then you are blessed. It doesn't have to do with what you possess. It doesn't have to do with what you have achieved. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a child of God, then you're blessed with all spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, you have to know this morning, you are blessed. You don't have to get something to call yourself blessed. You don't have to achieve something to call yourself blessed. And so what is blessing and how do we measure who is blessed? Well, blessing is, listen to me this morning, to be blessed is to experience the fulfillment of his promises. As you came to Christ, you received certain promises that were already given to you for being a child of God. You have already received eternal life. It's yours. You can count on that. The day you die, you're going to be in the presence of God. It belongs to you. There are certain promises that belong to us because we are children of God. And we get to experience them as we live in relationship to God. When you look around, you got to say, man, I'm blessed. I can look around in my life and say, man, God has blessed me for sure. Not just because I have things, not just because I've achieved things, but man, because I know God is with me and I've experienced his healing touch. I've experienced his delivering power. I've experienced the change and transformation that he has brought about by the power of the spirit. But. 
being blessed doesn't only mean that I experience the fulfillment of his promises, which are mine now, but it means that I anticipate the fulfillment of his promises also. Meaning that there are promises that God has made me that yet have to come to pass. They are not yet fulfilled. But I can consider myself blessed even if I don't have them yet. Because I anticipate the fact that one day God is going to give them to me. And I will receive them and live in them. And so a blessed person is one who experiences the fulfillment of his promises. But also lives in anticipation of what God is going to do that yet he has not done. Hallelujah. So it means that I might be going through trouble today, but it doesn't mean that I'm not blessed. I'm still blessed even if I'm in trouble, even if I'm struggling, even if I'm suffering because I anticipate that one day God is going to turn it around. He's going to change it for my good. So you're blessed. Whether you feel like it or you don't, you're blessed. I came to tell you. Can you turn to somebody and tell them you're blessed? Because being blessed has nothing to do with what you possess or what you have achieved in life. It's not about what you have, but about how you get what you have. And that's why today you can look to God and know I am blessed because what I have, God has given me. things that I don't have, I will receive. So we are already blessed. We're already blessed. But as believers, we can fall into temptation if we're not careful of how we live. We can end up thinking, doing, and speaking in ways that reflect our old nature, even though we've already been changed and transformed. We are no longer who we used to be. We have a new nature in Christ. And so if we don't take care of how we think, of what we do, and of how we speak, we can begin to reflect who we used to be instead of reflecting who God has called us to be. So we have to watch and pray like Jesus said so that we don't fall into temptation. And we have to pray, Lord, don't let us fall into temptation in our thinking, acting, and speaking. Can I get an amen, somebody, this morning? I'm blessed already, but there are temptations that can move me away from who God has called me to be. And that's why I got to pray, God, protect me so that I will not be like the wicked and the evil in my thinking, in my doing, and in my speaking. I need to pray, God, help me to reflect your image and your likeness wherever I go. Let me glorify you in everything that I do. That's what I need to pray because I'm blessed. I need to be careful that I'm not tempted to move away from walking and living like who I am. And as we pray to God for these things, in our prayers, listen, praying the Psalms, in our prayers, what happens is that we begin to get molded by God. We begin to be transformed and changed by God as we pray. Because as we pray, we're asking God, God, protect me, keep me from becoming those that are evil 
in their thinking and their doing and their speaking. And sometimes as I come to God in prayer, I realize, God, I've been that. I've thought things that I shouldn't think and I've said things that I shouldn't say and I've done things that I shouldn't say. So God, help me to change that. And when you come to prayer and you confess that and you repent of that, God begins to change you and transform you. He's molding you and it's like there's a wrestling match in your life. Because we realize we're in a process of sanctification where God is working in our lives. Each day, we, we haven't achieved it yet. We haven't arrived yet. We're not perfect yet. But as I pray, God, help me, change me, transform me. There's a battle. There's a struggle. There's a wrestling match. Because deep inside of me, my old nature wants to keep me the way I used to be. But then I hear one that's calling me to be different from who I was. He's calling me to be like he is. And it's that wrestling match like Jacob. When he's in there praying. Lord shows up and he begins to wrestle with him and he begins to deal with him and the one thing that happens in that wrestling match is that God changes his name he goes from being Jacob to being Israel God changes his identity God changes who he is and that's what happens in prayer as we come to God in prayer God changes us from who we used to be come on am I talking to somebody here this morning in the front row am I talking to somebody here this morning he changes us from who we used to be to who he wants us to be and when I come to him I say God yes I still like some things from the world but I'm asking you help me because I can't do it on my own I can't change myself I can't do it by myself I need his help I don't want to lose what God has given me so even though we're already blessed because by faith we have become children of God and we have become heirs of his promises we are also still waiting for the fulfillment of other promises that have yet to come to pass we're in that process where God is changing and molding us to who he wants us to be so in the meantime as I wait for the fulfillment of all the promises of God and while we still live in the world where we are in a constant struggle to live out this blessed life we have to know that this blessedness is not automatically given to us they are a direct result of what we do can sit here all day and be like I'm blessed I'm blessed I'm blessed and leave this place and declare I'm blessed I'm blessed I'm blessed but the blessing being blessed is not simply an automatic thing that God gives us as those that are blessed listen those blessings living that blessed life comes as a result of what we do 
And we got to be careful because we're in this process of being changed and transformed. And we might get into trouble by thinking, well, because I'm already blessed and I can live however I want. I can do whatever I want. God's going to forgive me. But listen, no, that's not necessarily going to happen. You have to know if you are blessed, then you got to watch how you live, what you do, what you think, and how you speak. Because, because. Your thinking, your doing, and your speaking can actually cause you to move away from being in the state of being called blessed. What you think, what you do, and what you say can actually bring on new consequences. That when then you look at them, you might be like, I thought I was blessed. You are blessed. But you got to live like it also. And sometimes we want something so bad that we're willing to do whatever it is that we have to do to obtain it or to achieve it. And we don't care what we have to do, if we have to lie, if we have to cheat, if we have to steal to get it. We do it in order to obtain it because we want it so bad. But I want to tell you this morning, if that does happen, don't make the mistake of calling it blessing, a blessing. If you lie about your income in order to get a loan and you get the house because you lied about your income, don't go ahead and call it a blessing because then you can't pay the house. And when you can't pay the house, you're going to say, well, the devil is a liar. No, the devil isn't a liar. You lied about your income to get a loan that you couldn't afford to pay. And you say, God, help me. God, I thought you loved me. I thought I was blessed. You are blessed. But your actions moved you away from living in that blessed state. So I want to give you two things this morning I want to get out of your face right there. That as we think about this, we have to know that Living in blessedness is not automatically given to us by God, but it's a direct result of our activity. And that's why in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, Paul says that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That is his will. That is his purpose. He wants us to also desire and want what he wants and if we are going to live out in this blessed state if we're going to live as those that are blessed we need to know what the will of God is so that we can experience the blessing of God in our life as God wants it as we live according to his purposes and in order for us to know how to live according to his will we have to be able to, number one, have the desire to do his will. And that's why in verse 2 it says that the blessed man is not the one who thinks evil, does evil, or speaks evil, but he's the one that delights in the law of the Lord. You want to be blessed, you want to live a blessed life, then listen, 
the first thing that needs to happen is that you have to desire to do his will. Say with me, I have to desire to do his will. I have to desire it. He delights in the law of the Lord. In other words, it means that his will, God's will is what pleases him. It's what God takes pleasure in. And as his child, I should seek to do what pleases him. I should seek to do what his desire is. In other words, God's desire should be my desire. God's will should be my will. I should want to do in my life what God wants to do in this world. Because now as a child of God and him as my father, I should want to please God because I love God. I should pray, God help me so that I can do your will. Give me your desires so that your desires will become my desires. I should pray when I do this, God let your will be done, not my will be done. Because I desire for God to do what he wants to do. That's what I want. Like Jesus prayed for it and he asked for it. And so to desire to do God's will means that you seek it and then you ask for it also. It means that you seek God's will and that you ask for it also. And so you might be here this morning and you might ask, how do I do that? How do I know when I'm seeking his will? And how do I know if I'm asking for it to be done? And I can tell you that based on 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I know when I'm seeking God's will. And I know when I'm asking for his will, when I can give thanks to God in all circumstances for Paul says, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I know that I'm desiring God's will. I know that I'm asking for God's will. When I'm going through whatever I'm going through, I'm saying to God, thank you, God. Because even in this circumstance that I would have never asked for, I can praise you and I can worship you. Because my desire is for your will to be done, not my will. God in all circumstances when I desire his will when my desire is for his will to be done and not mine even when I'm going through adversity I can say thank you Jesus because I know that this is only for a season I'm coming out of this and even though this is not something I would have asked for God I know you're gonna turn it around for good you're gonna use it to do something great in my life and that's what you gotta do right now whatever it is that you're facing whatever it is that you're going through you might not feel like it's what you would have asked for it's not what you might desire but you can go through it and say God let your will be done not my will and so thank you. Thank you. Because I know that your purposes will be fulfilled. But desiring to do God's will doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. We don't always want that. Even desire to do God's will, but it doesn't come naturally. I wish it did, to be honest with you. I wish doing 
God's will, desiring God's will through men. I wish it did. But there's a lot of times where I don't want God's will to be done. Jesus, while he was praying before he went to the cross, he said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me. He didn't want to do God's will. But he said, let your will be done, not my will. Because he knew that even though he would go through pain and suffering, in the end, the result would be better than what he had to go through. And that's what I'm trying to tell you this morning, that we need to desire God's will because even though it might not feel good in the moment and in the process, in the end, God will glorify himself. But it doesn't come naturally. So there's something that we need to do if we want to desire God's will. want to desire God's will. We need to spend time in God's word continually. And that's the second thing that the psalmist says. And on his law, not only does he delight in the law of the Lord, but on his law, he meditates day and night. He meditates day and night. He spends time continually in his word. That's why in Ezekiel chapter 3, listen, in Ezekiel chapter 3, I want you to get this because we don't naturally desire to do God's will. We don't naturally desire to read God's word. We don't naturally desire to pray God's will. But in Ezekiel, as God is speaking to the prophet, raising him up to speak to the people, he tells him, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. He's telling him, eat it. Eat the word. Eat the scripture. And the Bible tells us that Ezekiel says, so I ate it. He ate it. But listen, he probably didn't want to eat it. He saw the scroll. He saw the word. It wasn't pleasing. He didn't desire it. When you look at it, it doesn't feel good. You see, doing these kinds of things might not be pleasing to the natural man. But he was obedient and he ate it. He opened the word and he spent time in it and he read it and he listened to it and he heard a preaching or heard a teaching. He got the word inside and once he got the word inside, then he said, and it tasted as sweet as honey. The pleasure that comes from doing God's will doesn't come automatically. It happens as we get into God's word and we spend time in God's word. We begin to develop a desire that we didn't have before. But if all you do is spend time watching Netflix and spend time on Facebook and Instagram. And if all you do is spend time on other things but the word of God. Listen, you're never going to desire the will of God. But the more you spend time with it, the more your desire becomes, God, let what it says in here be true in my life also. Let it be a reality in my life. Let your will be done. And this is true of the church in Acts where it says, and they spent and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
And it says also in Timothy, Paul speaking to him, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. In other words, dedicate yourself to it, to the word of God, and spend time with it. Because as you spend time in the word of God, you'll begin to develop a desire to want to do God's will. It doesn't come naturally, but it comes as you go ahead and you spend time in prayer and you read the scriptures. God begins to do something inside of you and your desires begin to change. And then you pray, God, let your will be done, not my I will. And so how is it? How do you do this? You read, read, read. You listen, listen, listen to the word of God. You think on it. You memorize it. You act on it. You speak it. When you spend time in it, then you will begin to desire what God has for you. Desire. That's why Paul said in Philippians, Whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is saying, listen. Do you want to desire God's will? Do you want to desire to do God's will? Do you want to desire... The things that God desires. Do you want to do the things that God wants to do? Then you need to spend time in his word and in prayer. And there's no better way to kill two birds with one stone. Than to read the word and to pray the word as you're reading it. You can read in Psalm 1 and as it shows up throughout the Psalms and you're in it and you can say, God, keep me from thinking evil, doing evil, and speaking evil. Forgive me for doing those things and you pray God's will change me, transform me. But then God, I also pray that as I read your word and I get into it and I see what your will is, it's for me to spend time in your word. That's your will? That's what you want for me to do, to read it, God, to know it, that I'm going to do it, whether I feel like it or I don't feel like it. And when I do it, I begin to learn who God is and what he wants me to do. And prayer begins to shape who I am by first stripping me of who I used to be. And as I pray and I meditate on God's word, as I spend time in it, God begins to strip away the old nature, those old thoughts, those old desires. He begins to change my language. And then all of a sudden, my life and my way of doing things begins to change as well. When I come to God and I begin to pray the Psalms or begin to pray the scriptures in that struggle with God, I say, God, change me, deliver me, do with me something different. God begins to give me a new heart, new desires that lead me. That lead me into who he wants me to be. And I begin to see transformation. 
in my life from who I used to be to who God is calling me to be in this process of ongoing transformation that is taking place. God does it through his word. As I spend time here understanding his will, knowing his will, and praying and asking God, let it be done in my life as it is in you. Stand to your feet. Can you ask God this morning? God, change me and transform me. it's not going to happen automatically. There are things that I have to stop doing. And there are things that I have to start doing. There are things that I have to stop doing. And then there are things that I have to start I want change. I want to live this blessed life. I want to desire your will and do your will. Then I have to spend time in your word continually. Reading it. Listening to it. it. I have to get it inside of my system. Because the more I get it inside of me, the more time I spend in your word, the more time you spend in his word, the more you will desire to do his will. The more you will desire will be done in your life and in those around you. Can you pray this morning? God, change me. Transform me. Through your word. Let it shape the blessed life. I want to stay in the blessed life.
coração. us fall into temptation. Deliver us, it's our prayer, from evil. So that we can walk in your blessings and live as those that are blessed. In Jesus' name we ask you we pray this. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands right there where you're at. And as the worship team sings, I want you to go ahead and just begin to pray to God right there where you're at. And ask God to do in you this transformation. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.